0: Success. If you still question why the NFL is one of the most successful sports leagues in American history, scratch that, if you still question why the NFL is the most successful sports league in American history, look no further than this past season because it gives you all of the answers you are searching for. To be a successful sports league in America, you need three main aspects to your league. Number one, you need parity. Number two, you need dynasties within your league. And number three, you need heroes and villains to battle it out throughout your league's regular season and preferably playoffs. The NFL has all three of these in an exorbitant amount. Because for as entertaining as Super Bowl 51 was, guys, that game was just the conclusion to a drama that began all the way back in July. I mean, fans like to be surprised. like to be shocked. They like to see things that they haven't seen before. And the NFL somehow continuously gives the fans what they want every year. Just listen to this stat. Since 2008, an average of five new teams have made the playoffs every year. Five new teams. And this past playoffs we just finished, eight new teams made it. That's a record. The NFL has so much parity that even a team like Carolina, which last year had the best record in the league, the MVP quarterback, and made it all the way to the Super Bowl, ...can become the laughing stock of their own division the very next year. This extreme amount of parity gives fans the most powerful emotion sports can give. Hope. Hope that no matter what, at the beginning of every regular season... ...no matter how bad you were last season, or the year before that, or the 10 years before that... ...you can sit in front of your couch, you can maybe sit in your season ticket seat... Look out into that field or into that plasma screen TV and tell yourself and the rest of your friends, this year's our year. And it is that hope which helps the NFL sustain its massive fan base. Now, for as important as parody is, as I said, it's just one piece to the NFL's success puzzle. The second piece is dynasties, which you may think kind of contradicts my uh, previous statement of parody, right? Because parity different teams' dynasties is the same teams dominating. But believe it or not, the NFL has both and they need both just like any other sports leagues. Think of it like this. We all love upset Super Bowl champions. But upsets are like fast food. They're nice to have every once in a while. But after a while, you start craving some of mama's good home-styled cooking. The, the 1970s Dolphins. The 1970s Steelers. The 1990s Cowboys. The 2000 Patriots. All of these teams and many more are those very home-cooked meals. Because for as much as we like to discuss teams like the Giants winning the Super Bowl in 08, David and Goliath, all that good stuff, it's the dynasties that we revere in the Hall of Fame. And it's the dynasties that we worship and tell the next generation about. And finally, the third and last piece that is just as important as the other two is the existence of heroes and villains within a league. Now, this is not going to be an episode of Batman or, or Spider-Man. It's a little, little less cut and dry than that. Heroes and villains in the sense of teams that people love and teams that people hate. I mean, th- throughout all of history, humans have been captivated and enthralled by the battle between the basic battle between good and evil. You can see it throughout our novels and cinema, and the NFL is no different. Fans sometimes actually, believe it or not, or obviously believe it, we all like that, fans sometimes like to see certain teams lose as much as they like to see certain teams win. I mean, depending on your perspective, I think we can all agree that in our modern era of football, say the past 15 years, the Patriots have been the villains. And everyone likes to see the villain finally be defeated, vanquished. But when they aren't, but when the villain wins, well, (laughs) the NFL wins either way because the very people that wanted to see them lose their quote-unquote haters, get even more worked up to see them fall next year. Don't believe me? Out of the top 10 most watched Super Bowls, the Patriots, and this is top 10 in history, the New England Patriots have been in three of them. And the great thing is about the villain role is if you're a fan of the quote-unquote labeled villain team, You see the league in a whole different way. You see it as the rest of the league being the villains, and it's us against the world, which is also another captivating storyline or emotion that gets people invested into the game. So the NFL really can't lose. It's something that all sports leagues strive to have. The NFL is the most popular reality show drama in our country. And as long as they keep their heroes and villains, as long as they keep their dynasties, and as long as they keep their parody, the NFL will continue to be the top dog's of American sports for years to come.
1: Welcome to the 30-Minute Week Podcast
0: on WFUVsports.org. <laughs> Yes, and welcome back to the 30-Minute Week Podcast. This is another episode of WFUV Sports' newest podcast. I'm your host, as always, Reed Horner, joined by the ever-so-talented Manny Aday. How you doing, Manny? Oh, listen, man. Uh, it's a great week, Reed. It's a it's a great week. It's a super week. You know? Did something happen? Uh, well,
1: what happened? Okay, let's see. I had a quiz today in class. That went very well. Uh, the day before that, I didn't go to my night class. Okay. Um, uh, the day before that, was the Super Bowl, baby. Oh, that... Tom Brady. (laughs) Something happened. Tom
0: Brady happened. Okay, so as you guys can imagine, that is going to be the topic for the entire show. We have a great treat for you as well. WFUV alum Ryan Rucco will be joining us later in the show, so stay tuned to listen to what he has to say. He was at the Super Bowl, I believe, so he'll have some great insight on that. But before we talk to him, I think we have some things to discuss about the big game right now. Manny? Usually it's when we do headlines, but I think there's only really one big headline for us to discuss. So I have one question for you. Was this the greatest Super Bowl of all time? Uh I wanna say by far it was. I'm I'm even
1: saying this one of the greatest games of all time. Talking about a comeback, like games in the NFL? Games in the NFL I mean, it ranks up there in games, period. We're talking about a team who was up by twenty five points in the third quarter. Midway pretty much midway through the third quarter and and the pages were able to come back, scoring 31 straight unanswered points. When and where do you ever see that happening?
0: You saw the stat they did in the broadcasting. Until that game, no team had ever come down from more than 10 points in a playoff 10, game. 10 Happened points. three times, and I'm sitting there thinking. I'm like, you know what? 10 points has only happened three times, 21, is this this really possible? Oh, it's possible. But then I started thinking, I hate stats like that, because they're so stupid, and you can manufacture them to say whatever you want to say, because then I could also say, you know what, the Atlanta Falcons have never won a Super Bowl, so how could they win this Super Bowl, or this has never happened, so I was, I'm not going to lie, I was... (laughs) pardon the NFL pun, deflated by halftime because I thought the Patriots were definitely going to lose. I'm not going to pretend that I was thinking Brady's going to come back for as great as he is and as great as that performance was. None of us saw it coming. But I disagree with you. This was not the greatest Super Bowl of all time. Are you serious? what was what was the greatest Super Bowl? I time? think that this Super Bowl had the greatest ending of all time, but from start to finish I mean, it I, I, was not the what greatest. What is the game greatest, game of greatest Super Bowl of all time. time? I still have to say the greatest Super Bowl I've ever seen was the 2008 Super Bowl where the Giants defeated the Patriots. That no, was an that epic was even, no, David it was, a, it was an epic David and Goliath match in which teams went back and forth. It was low scoring so every score counted. This Super Bowl for as great as it was, and it was the greatest Ending I've ever seen, never been in overtime in Super Bowl history. I'm going to disagree. It was a snooze fest f- until after Lady Gaga decided to jump down from. Uh, it was it the was An- in Energy no way, Stadium. In roof. No
1: way was it a snooze fest. In no way did the the, the, the so bro- that first
0: half that wasn't boring. No, we how how is the first half boring in any way possible? One team was blowing out the other. As an NFL fan, that's when you switch over to your favorite comedy, late night comedy or whatever. I mean, that's, come you on. You know what, Reed? That's, that's disrespectful. That's disgraceful. And that's terrible. No, you just you just can't have it all, Manny. I said it's the greatest ending of all time. I was captivated to the edge of my seat. At you the can't end of have that a game. Listen,
1: the way it ended only happened, only made it great because of the way it started, the way the whole thing played out. We're talking about the the comeback. You don't, You can't have a comeback if you're not down. The Falcons were up 21-0. That's off the sticks in, in, you know in Madden you, you there's no more game It's after either that, that
0: Giants Super Bowl or another great Super Bowl it seems to always be the Patriots, the Seattle And that but we did Patriots. make that. We, we
1: said that before. That Patriots Super Bowl's man, they're always good.
0: I i, know, I <laughs> Hey, little pat on my shoulder. I called
1: it yeah, Patriots did. Super Bowls are always exciting. You.
0: But uh okay. I so, give that to you. <laughs> we disagree on that. Another question. Did the Patriots take this game away from the Falcons or did Atlanta give it away?
1: Um I want to say it's a combination. Because, no, don't cop out. No, no, don't cop out. Okay, I do. I had to pick a side. Pick a side. The Patriots took this game away. They did. They did. Cause if, to put it like this, the Falcons scored only 28 points. Uh, Tom Brady threw a pick six, and LeGarrette Blunt fumbled, giving the Falcons good field position. So, in 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 hindsight, in retrospect, the Patriots defense really gave up 14 like points, you know, on on their own. They were able to control the Atlanta offense. Yeah, it didn't look like that in some big plays. It didn't look like that early when they were running the ball. But they were able to, to limit the Falcons' offense. The Patriots never hung their head on both sides of the ball. Offense, they, were, they just weren't clicking. Tom Brady was missing passes. We had wide receivers dropping balls. They really didn't have the run game early. But they never got out. They stuck at it. They, they've been in a situation like this before. They've been in many Super Bowls before. And they the time, they made all the adjustments,
0: and they got that ring, baby. The fifth one for Brady. Patriots took away this game from Atlanta, but they they were down by so much that they needed Atlanta to make some mistakes. Of course, yeah. Um, I'll never understand why they decided to throw so much in the second half. I understand it. Uh, it's, it's
1: simple. It's just the fact that if you watch the NFC Championship game, that's who they are. The no, that's who they are. Yeah, but obviously
0: now they aren't Super Bowl yeah, champions. That's so, like
1: like our producer Tyler just said, uh, that's what got them there. You know, they're they're a team who who looks to score on every possession. Every way possible, the best way
0: possible. So, but, I mean, so many mental mistakes on Atlantis, and I just have to feel, if I'm a Falcons fan, that you see Brady and the Patriots raising that Lombardi trophy, and you're thinking, they didn't beat us. We gave that game away. The holding call, the pass interference in overtime, uh, yeah. the uh, fumble uh, from Matt Ryan. There was, was mean, one
1: drive where there was just, I think, what, three or four holding calls, and I'm just like, whew. What blank.
0: do Thank you,
1: Atlanta. Yeah, they could have had a field goal to seal the game. Wow.
0: What do we always say is the formula to beat Brady and the Patriots? It was discovered in 2008 by the New York Giants. Yeah, Super- you
1: pressure Don Brady.
0: Pressure Brady. Hit. It's very simple. Don't let him throw it, right? Don't let the greatest quarterback ever throw the football. And in that Giants Super Bowl, we all remember him being beaten up, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking... Until the very end of that game, Atlanta was doing the same thing. And that's why I thought the Patriots were going to lose that Super Bowl. Not because they were down, but because how they were down. Brady was tasting that turf more than anyone in that stadium. Like He was in the jersey all muddied up. He's getting hit. He's getting pressured. He's getting sacked. It went back to the stats, believe this or not. The Giants had five sacks that Super Bowl. The Falcons had five sacks this Super Bowl eight hits on the quarterback. So Brady was hit more in the Super Bowl and then in that famous Super Bowl in which they lost to the Giants.
1: Well, there's a big difference between Brady then and now. Brady's now better
0: than he was back then.
1: You think he's better? <laughs> Manny, don't do he this. He is far more better than he was D- back then. You sound ridiculous. By a he's mile. not better he than he He would tell was. you himself. Post, post-game press conference. He would not
0: tell you he's post, better at post, 39 than post post Super Bowl he is at what, press conference. 35. He
1: said he's he's when he takes hits now compared to when he took hits at 25, he felt sore. You know, he felt banged up. Now he doesn't feel anything, and that goes back to the way he does uh, things in the the training room
0: and his uh, eating regimen. Tom Brady's on fire. Tom Brady is the all-time leading Super Bowl winner for Super Bowl quarterbacks right now, but I'm still holding to my prediction. Whether they won or lost this game, my opinion wasn't going to change. I think we just witnessed Tom Brady's final Super Bowl appearance, (laughs) and I'm I'm sorry. I just think that. I think that for as great as he's been, he really? said going play I'm five not, more years. I'm not a but. betting
1: man, but I'm I'm prepared and ready to bet you on that with anything that you want to put forward. Anything that you want to put forward. I'm ready. Two years, two to three years max, the Patriots will be in another Super Bowl.
0: I first need It fun. could be next year, honestly. I don't have, Who, I first, I need to the find the funds to bet. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll wait a little bit Touche. longer for that. We'll work on that. Any big takeaways from last night's game?
1: Well, since the game was two days ago, um, my biggest takeaway is that Atlanta is a great team. They're a great young and fast team. I was, you know, and the Pages were down twenty five. I'm not gonna lie, I was like, man, this, this game might be over. Down twenty five. I 30. was almost sure yeah, it was. No, like over. honestly, i I it like I'm still shocked. But what I noticed I'm like the Pages are getting beat by by uh, age, you know. The Atlanta Falcons just look faster. They look they look like they were just moving more elusively like they weren't well, stiff. I actually
0: want to ask you this question as a defensive lineman yourself. I think one of the biggest factors that led to a Patriots win was the, was just how much time of possession they had. They had almost 20 minutes more time of possession than the Atlanta Falcons. That defensive line was getting after him in the beginning of the game. Patriots' offensive line was mediocre. But near Matt Ryan, literally, if you include the halftime, was sitting down for an hour. He wasn't on the field. For as athletic as those big guys are, and I will say, NFL defensive linemen are one of the most athletic guys you'll ever see. Three hundred pounds running four sixes—I'll believe that. But they looked gas gas at the end of that game. Do you think that's what led to the Patriots being able to come back? I mean,
1: I think I think that's definitely part of it. You know, as as a player, as a defensive lineman, one you can only you can only use so many moves. One, especially swim, especially if you use them early. Okay, (laughs) you're going to get figured out. Two, they take a certain amount of energy. And after a while, it's just, when you're on the field for that long, it's hard, man. It's hard It's hard to, uh, to keep that, that motor going. So, so definitely that played a part.
0: We talked about the mistakes that led to the Patriots' victory. Now, the Patriots, to their credit, took advantage of that. The two-point conversion twice. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Besides that, I think pretty much what, what we thought, it ended, up, it ended up being kind of around the same score, with the same stats we thought. They just didn't happen in the same way. Hey, but listen,
1: man. This is a score that we predicted. Thirty four twenty eight. Yeah, oh, I, I thought I said I, 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 I said thirty-one twenty. I predicted but. this correct, guys. You know, uh, congratulations. It was my first time ever picking points too.
0: So you're one one and zero, oh, unlike I'm, the I'm Falcons, oh, unlike who. <laughs> so we have a really special guest for you guys today. He's the voice of the WNBA, one of Yes Networks' play-by-plays for both the Brooklyn Nets and the Yankees. And oh, did I mention, he's an FUV alum. He is Ryan Rucco. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us here today. How are you feeling two days after uh, Super Bowl Fifty-One?
2: I'm good, guys. I'm still uh, trying to go through all the twists and turns of what happened at the end of that game to make the result what it was. But uh, I'm glad I got a chance to talk about it with you two.
0: You were at the game, right?
1: I
2: was. I oh, was.
1: man. So you really, like, tell me about that, man. It must have been amazing just to be in the atmosphere.
2: You know what? It, it, it was, and I think what was interesting is seeing the different. Emotional place that Patriots fans were in.
1: Yeah, because uh, no, I, I was there. The it, it was a roller coaster.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If you think about it, you know, both in the way they won and in the deficit they faced, you know, Patriots fans face something different than what they've been used to during this current run. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's funny. I was talking about it with my dad as we were walking into the game, and I I was like, you know, I think Atlanta has significantly more talent. But there's just no chance they blow out the Patriots because the Patriots never get blown out. They just never do. And then all of a sudden it's 28-3, to and I was surrounded by Patriots fans, and I'm seeing the long looks on their faces. And they did look totally and completely shocked, which is understandable because they're not used to facing that at all. It doesn't happen to their squad. It just doesn't. But then I also saw this incredible euphoric elation when they came back because they're also not used to winning a game. They're not used to winning in a sense where they're not expected to win, you know? I think they were put in a totally unique position, and that's why, you know, we saw the overwhelming emotion from, you know, Bill Belichick and so many of the Patriots because even though they're, they've been there, done that, uh, I mean, obviously every journey is unique and special and, and has its emotions, but this one in particular because you know, they're not usually in a position to come back from 25 points down because they're never down by that much, even in a regular season game. So I think what was so interesting to watch for me was seeing the Patriots fans and them experiencing two emotions that they almost never deal with. One, their team being down by a ton and them being totally despondent. And then two, them winning a game that they're not expecting to win because they're almost always expecting to win.
1: No, yeah, I agree with you 100%. As a Patriot fan, you know, like, in that third quarter, I already felt like we lost. Like, even now, it, it fully has not hit me that we won. I'm dead serious. Like, it's, yeah. it hasn't hit yet. But but from your standpoint, down by 25, almost midway through third quarter, did you think that the Pats would win?
2: No. I. I you know, it's funny. I, I turned to a guy who was sitting next to me who was from the Bay Area, Um, and, uh, he, um, he was talking, he was actually a huge Peyton Manning fan. His buddy loved Brady because of them being from the Bay area. And he was saying, you know, he always roots against Brady because of being a Peyton guy. And I was like, yeah, I was always a huge Peyton fan too. So I understand that perspective. And I, when it was 28 to three, I said, you know, maybe this will let people sort of understand what happened in Peyton Seattle Super Bowl off a little bit more now that they've seen it happen to Brady as well. And then I said, either that or Brady's about to pull off the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. <laughs> only and, two
0: options. <laughs> you know,
2: yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, I didn't just say it as a you know, tongue-in-cheek caveat. I-, I said it because I respect him and them so much that I watched that game thinking like, yeah, they could come back, they could come back. But I always thought Atlanta was better. Look, the only way New England was going to come back in that game was for Atlanta to help them and for New England to be flawless once they did. And that's what happened. You know, if if Atlanta doesn't make a series of absolutely moronic decisions, New England doesn't have a chance to get back in that game. You know, even throwing on third and one deep in your own territory when Hightower made the play that really shifted the game's momentum and made New England feel like they could win. You know, at that point, you got to be running there on third and one. You've been running all game. Even if you don't get it, if you're Atlanta, you're running an additional 40 seconds off the clock, and you're going to punt them back deep in their own territory, and they're going to have to go the length of the field. You know, instead, they drop back to throw. Ryan gets hit, which, you know, he also has to protect the football there and fumbles. But the most egregious mistakes by Atlanta came on that drive after the outstanding Julio catch. You know, it is absolutely inexplicable that Kyle Shanahan didn't have the Falcons run on second and 11 when they're already well within field goal range. It's a 40-yard field goal that's essentially a chip shot. We're not talking about, you know, it being a 50-yarder and you playing it conservatively. Yeah. We're talking about you running clock or making New England burn timeouts and then you making it a two-score game. Or your worst-case scenario, the field goals miss, but you shred them of their timeouts or <laughs> run clock. So, uh, to me, like, that's when you started – in order for New England to have that chance – Atlanta was going to have to do some dumb things, and they happened to oblige with
0: those
2: <laughs> with those dumb things. And you know, you open the door to Tom Brady, and a lot of times you're going to get burned almost every time. And that's what happened. Is it was pretty much perfect uh, once Atlanta made those mistakes.
0: Yeah. Well, you you called it the greatest comeback of all time, but Ryan, was this the greatest Super Bowl of all time? You know, I don't know. I see. Part of me thinks,
2: but. Well, there's a few Super Bowls I think of that I think are in that conversation, right? Um, yeah. I think that I think that the Giants' past Super Bowl uh, 42 is in the conversation because awesome. of the context, you know, yeah. because you had one team on a miracle run, the other team going for 19-0. You had a two-touchdown spread, you know, you and you had. Uh, You know, basically this shocking scene of Tom Brady being pounded over and over again and then, you know, and then the exchanging of scores that they had in the fourth quarter. Now, there wasn't a ton of scoring in that game, but because of the way the action was and because it was so tense, every possession, I do think that was, you know, a sensational football game. Um, The Steelers-Cardinal Super Bowl was great because it was returning serve, you know. Each team scoring late, going back and forth with each other, which, you know, makes it supremely entertaining. Uh, but this was, you know, if you want to make an argument this was the best ever, I can't say it wasn't because there was ventilating catches, there was big plays. I mean,
0: you watched the first half, though, turnovers. right? I mean, that was kind of snooze, snooze. It was not snooze, snooze. It was not. But
2: this is why I think it wasn't, you know, because they, that, they, you're, you're right that... Um, you know, like, that, that's my hesitation is it wasn't, like, back and forth. It was one team being dominant and then the other team being dominant, right? So that would be my—that would be the thing that would prevent me from saying it's the best ever if I didn't want to rank it number one. Mm-hmm. But the interesting part of it was there were a lot of sensational plays that helped make those things happen, you know? It wasn't just methodical picking apart the entire game. You know, you had to pick six, you yeah. had... A, you had an amazing catch from Julio Jones. You had an incredible catch from Edelman. You had Devontae Freeman with huge chunks of yards, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I thought it was thoroughly entertaining, uh, even at 28-3, to 3, uh, the big plays in the beginning. But I don't know if I rank it as the best ever, but it's definitely top three for me, for sure.
0: So, before we get going, I have a little bit of a fun question for you. Uh, what yeah. do you think is more likely over the next eight years? Brady just making it to two more Super Bowls or a New York team winning the NBA championship?
1: Oh, that's a great question. It is. Uh, it's simple, Brady. though. Brady.
0: Thank Brady. you. He's Brady. making two more. Brady. Yes. Ryan, think yeah. about this, please. Yeah. He said he's playing to 45. You think Tom Brady at 40 years old coming up can make two more Super Bowls? Ryan,
1: within the next two years, Brady's back in there. We both know it.
2: I, I, I think he can because – you know, history's on my side, right? I mean, they, they, have, I, they have been such a dominant force that even when they haven't made it to the Super Bowl, they're right on the doorstep. So I think he will get more chances. I don't see him slowing down at all. You know, he's a, a fitness freak who's obsessive about his diet and is insistent upon playing later and longer than almost anybody ever. And he has the greatest coach of all time at his disposal, and they've constantly proven, regardless of who else they have, those two are enough, and they make it work. So I would be, I would actually be surprised if he's not in another Super Bowl the rest of his career, because all I've known is them getting to that place. And meanwhile, on the other side of things, you know, the next, as long as, as much as I'd like to say that'll definitely happen, you know, they are starting from you know, sub-zero trying to build this thing back up, and they have to do it without the draft picks for the next couple of years, and I think Sean is the right guy to do it, but that's going to take a really, you know, laborious marathon effort uh, to build this back up, and then on the Knicks side of things, you know, we have not seen uh, them be able to, you know, build anything resembling a consistent winner yet um, in the last 20 years, so I don't know what would make me think that they're going to, you know, win a title in the next eight. So as much as I love it for the city for those teams to be great at hoops, and I think there's a chance, I'm definitely, you know, gonna place my bet with Tom Brady there.
1: I couldn't say that better myself. Thank you for that. One our, our last question is this. Um the last two Super Bowls that the Patriots have won, they've they've happened to be in crazy dramatic fashion. In fact all of them happen to be. Uh which loss is worse? The one by the Seahawks or this week with the Atlanta Falcons?
2: The Falcons loss is worse, like from their fam standpoint, yeah. you mean? Yeah, the Falcons lost this worse because... Has to be. You know, in the Seattle one, the Seattle one's infuriating because it, I mean, it, it, it is a mind-blowingly dumb decision to not give it up to Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> yes, it is. But <laughs> it's not like you blew a lead. You did blew a lead, but not a, you know, not a 25-point lead to get to that point, you know? And there was one huge, terrible mistake that they made but it wasn't a series of, you know, horrendous ones that helped, you know, build the anatomy of a collapse. Whereas with the Falcons, they literally can look at that and say, if we got one stop or one score, you know, they can look at even when they got the onside kick from the Patriots and they had the ball at the 40-yard line and didn't put any points on the board. That was costly, you know. Obviously not running on 31 and Matt Ryan fumbling the ball. Costly then not running on the second and 11 and then the third down even from the 35 and not milking the clock and just kicking a field goal to go up two scores costly, you know, so, uh, or in the Patriots one drive, they had them fourth and three uh, and, you know, had a chance to stop them and, and didn't. So I think that, uh, you know, the Falcons can look at so many things on uh, in that second half and piece them together. Not to mention, in their minds, they had already won. I don't know if Seattle had gotten to that place yet. That one mistake may be worse than any individual mistake in the Falcons' loss. But on the whole, the Falcons' one is going to be uh, harder to get over, I think, for Atlanta fans. Especially because Seattle at least had won the year before. Atlanta, you know, you and I, both know, has never won a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah. All right, well, we're not going to hold you up anymore. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ryan. We really appreciate it. Uh, Have a safe flight, and maybe we'll talk to you some other time.
2: All right, thanks a lot for having me,
0: guys. Great, see you. By the way, guys, if I haven't said it already, you can email the show your questions at 30 week at gmail.com or tweet us at 30minuteweekpod. Your questions can be anything from sports to even questions we ask Manny in this game right here. Yeah, yeah. This is the question game. Manny, you going to try and break your own record today? Let's do it. Okay, Tyler. Let's get the clock going in three, two, one, bam. Manny, would you rather be able to watch only TV shows or be able to watch only movies? Movies. Would you stop using the internet completely for a million dollars? Yes. Would you rather watch Back to the Future or Star Wars?
1: Back to the future.
0: Have the ability to become invisible or have the ability to grow and shrink to any size? Invisible. Have your dream car or have a private helicopter? Private helicopter. Be taller or be shir- shorter? Taller. Cereal or milk first? Uh, cereal. Is that really the... Okay. That, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> music or sorry. gaming? Uh, music. Be able to breathe underwater or be able to walk on clouds? Breathe underwater. water. Invisible. One more, one more. Would you rather be rich and ugly or poor
1: and good looking? Rich and ugly. That's it. Ah, I could be. I promise you, I could beat this record.
0: Read you read too slow. You you flip through sorry. it too slow. You I don't want me to mistakes. be. You don't want me to be great. All right. Well, I guess He's we're holding have, me back. I guess you like the mes- like our listeners out there are going to have to return next week <laughs> to see if we can get it right. Anyways, so till next time, guys. For Manny Daye, Tyler Freer, behind the glass. I'm Reed Horner. Bye for now.